there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I, of course, am Mr. Warren Hayes, and we are here on June 24th, 2020 to talk about professional wrestling in all its shapes and forms, well, maybe not all its shapes and forms, at least in the shapes and forms that World Wrestling Entertainment, New Japan, Professional Wrestling, and All Elite Wrestling have provided for us over the past seven days or so. We're going to be doing it right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Today is, it is June 24th, and as many of you know, I live in the French area of Canada, the province of Quebec, where everyone speaks French, or at least, you know, a lot of people do. Uh, and today it is, it's a holiday here. It's the French Canadian, not the French Canadians, the specifically, it's the Quebec national holiday. So I've had the day off today, taking it easy, kicking back, enjoying some nice times. And, and, and now the nicest time of the day has arrived where I pop on the stream over on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes to record this week's episode of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. Yes, recording it live for all to see on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, which means, like, this is this is an equation, right? It's like, if you do something live, then there will be people who will show up to watch you live or listen to you live, whatever, you know, use your favorite sense, whatever sensory organ you want to use, you could use your eyes. You can use your ears. Combination of both is also possible. Could use your your sense of smell, your nose. Uh, I don't think you'd get much out of it, to be frank. You know, out of listening to me, you can use your 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 tongue, sense of taste. A little weird, but you know, um, who am I to decide what you like to? Uh, you know, if you like to lick your computer monitors or your your mobile devices or whatever. Look, thank you for listening. <laughs> Being here live uh, on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hits recording on a Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, as I usually do. We got Robert Larry. A little couple of little hellos to people who are already here. Robert Larry is here. Good to see you. Kelly Tonnes as well. You know, the crew who's always here before everyone uh, everyone else. The first team. We've also got uh, Phantomark82, our boy Ben. Fellow Quebecois. Comment ça va, mon Yes. Flowman is here as well. Fifth generation. Jo- Carney Joseph with it. Good to see you, sir. Uh, yeah, we got Mr. Fritz who's here too. Mr. Fritz, good to see you. Bunch of happy people. Robert Sterling. My God. God, man. It's good to see everyone here tonight. Thank you very much for joining me live. Always a pleasure. If you enjoy what you're listening to right now at this point, at this moment in time, do consider giving the video a thumbs up right here on uh, on YouTube. and uh, Or if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, because yes, it is recorded and the audio is then released into podcast land to be listened to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, uh, a pod person. Yeah, there's a ton of applications. If you are listening, thank you very much. And I appreciate your patronage there as well. Um, Give us a review, a like, a thumbs up, whatever. You know, that that kind of stuff. 
is fantastic. Hey, Swiss World Chris is here too. Good to see you, Swiss World Chris. I haven't seen you. Good to see you. Uh, and uh, so there you go. So thank you everyone for 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 listening, for joining, for showing some support. Uh, and also, you can if you're watching this on YouTube on your own accord, a little later on demand as the recording is completed, do do join in the conversation in the comments below and leave a comment. That kind of stuff is a great, great, great way to show some support for the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. And it, it's not even all that hard. It's just a little, hey, you know, I like this wrestler. And there's a comment and YouTube really likes it. When people engage with videos, it's like, man, we'll recommend this video more. And if it recommends the videos more, that means more people watch. That means the channel continues to grow. And I, my plans to take over the world become uh, clearer and clearer every day that goes on. And I don't mean this in a facetious, oh, I'm going to take over the world, you know, the media world with, ha, 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 you know, and I'm, everyone's going to see my face. No, I mean like actual physical world domination. Like turning everyone subservient to me, you know, taking control of world governments um, and uh, and making everyone uh, in the world uh, absolutely uh, uh, make them live under my thumb. A, 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 a hard glove that is on one side velvety, the other side uh, iron and cold. What am I talking about? Tim Traver, good to see you. Help me out, Tim. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's good to see you, sir. Hope you're doing well. Yes, all hail Warren indeed. <laughs> um, what else? Belltobells.com, Women's Wrestling Wire. You like women's wrestling? I like women's wrestling. Go check out Belltobells.com. B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S.com or follow us on Twitter as well at Belltobells. By the way, just as a complete aside, uh, if you like... If you like the women's wrestling and you enjoy shows that are entirely made up of women's wrestling, I I got to talk, talk just very, very quickly about Women's Wrestling Revolution Plus. And this sounds like a sponsored plug. It sounds like, but it doesn't. I know it feels a little awkward. Like this is not usually my routine. And he's a, oh, Warren paid sponsorship. No, I'd, I'd be, I'd flat out tell you guys if I was getting sponsored by it. I, I I watched their two shows. Well, they did spawn Bell to Bell's actually sponsored their first show uh, last month. And they had another ma- uh, another show uh, this past weekend, this afternoon, uh, this past Sunday afternoon, excuse me. They're based out of, out of Massachusetts and they have fantastic, fantastic stuff. Um, just great, great wrestling and such great talent that they had on board there again uh, on, on Sunday. If you want to watch... Like a two-hour wrestling show. That is an absolute breeze to watch. Good production to be watched on a stream. Uh, to, to be watched. Because, you know, there's a lot of indie shows. You know, their they're, they're production when it comes to translating what you're seeing onto television isn't that great. But they do a fine job with fantastic women. And, hey, they even set up angles from show to show. So there's already stuff set oh, up in yeah. anticipation for next month's show. If you... I like what they do. I really, really like what they do. Women's Wrestling Revolution Plus. It's the sister company to Beyond Wrestling. And uh, you should definitely check it out. They're on uh, independentwrestling.tv. Great stuff. Can't say can't say enough um, good things about it. Um, please look at it and enjoy. 
Um, I've already talked about the comment streak. That's it. No, I didn't talk specifically about the comment streak. I talked about the fact that we had comments, right? That we were doing comments on the videos. We're going for the streak. 20 comments on the next 20 videos. Uh, we're up to 11. Boop, boop. 11 out of 20. And I announced la last week that uh, uh, if we do hit the 20 mark, I will be cooking a full meal or at least, you know, that's the anticipation until I actually get the cookbook from from the Can You Take the Heat WWE cookbook that was published in 2000. It's the one that has J.R. The Rock and, and Steve Austin uh, on the uh, on the cover. I'm really stoked to see what kind of recipes are in there. Uh, Anakin JMT, one of the mods and a regular viewer, the Mr. Warren Heschel put it over as being very good, a good book with some good recipes. I'm excited to see what's in there. And I will do a video of me cooking this full recipe as a reward to hitting the, 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 the tears, hitting that tear, that, that con, that, that streak is what I'm trying to say. So let's keep it up. Leave comments, comments galore on this video. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Also, don't hold back and join the Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord. That's also a great, great time. Lots of people that you may see here in the live chat that are always over there. Not always, but often over there. Chatting it up, talking about wrestling. It's a good time. And you can also join the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel if you want to show some direct support. That's great. You get access to a bunch of live emotes. If you join, if you like to come in live, it's fantastic. You can... Get the emotes, and then on top of that, you can join me for the post stream that I do every Thursday night once I'm done here. For members only, YouTube members only, get access to it. And tonight, you know what we're going to be talking about? We're, I, I asked the members to come on to the show and uh, and uh, bring their some bad takes, that wrestling takes, of course, that they saw on the internet and we're going to be talking about those bad takes. We're going to be discussing them. I'm excited. And this is off the heels of me joining the uh, the Putting You Over podcast on Monday on their Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash putting you over, uh, where we did exactly that. It was a fun time basically reading bad oh, takes from the yeah. internet and commenting on it. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And you can also leave some super chats. And I will read your super chat, question, comment, mood, feeling, uh, note of interest, such as the note of interest left to us by Mr. Fretz. Thank you very much, Mr. Fretz. Left a super chat. Says Pepsi Blue is back. They're Brit. What? Really? I'm going to tell you, I was not impressed by Pepsi Blue. Like, out of the Pepsi variants, I thought Pepsi Crystal when they brought it back, did they bring that back last year or the year before? I think it was the year before. I thought Pepsi Crystal had had a lot to offer. I thought it was a nice, crisp kind of uh, kind of taste. Um, but Pepsi, look, I am willing to try it again because it's probably not the recipe, uh, the Pepsi Blue recipe that they had from back in the day. And Mr. Fretz, he says, I have one in my fridge. I, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'll look for it. Mr. Fretz had once supplied me with uh, orange vanilla Coca-Cola, which I think is still an extremely underrated and underappreciated cola flavor. And yes, their throwback Pepsi is fantastic as well. I think 
that comes out at a limited time, at least around around these parts. And instead, basically, the idea they call it throwback is because instead of putting, uh, instead of making it with corn syrup, they go back and use sugar. And, and seriously, it just changes everything. It was it just manages to change everything. It's such a good flavor. I'm enjoying a root beer right now. I have two drinks tonight. Just so you know, I, I'm enjoying root beer out of my Hires mug. It is not Hires root beer, but it is a no. Here we go. And I also have a glass of water infused with strawberry, lemons, and uh, basil. Basil that I grew myself. No, I didn't grow the lemons myself. Not quite. Not. I'm not that. I'm not that well equipped with a um, you know the proper greenhouse to raise a lemon tree properly in uh, this part of North America. No, I will not be thirsty tonight. J.K. Schwal left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much, J.K. Schwal. He says Joey Janela appreciation tweet. Joey Janela this week has been something special, hasn't he? He's really been something special. I don't know if you if you guys never hang around Twitter, you don't know what uh, what, what what what's been going on um, because you know Janela gets a Janela gets excited sometimes, and uh, uh, this week he decided to uh, to go uh, drop in. Um, he decided to go drop in a couple of days ago uh, on um, uh, Drake uh, Drake Younger, formerly known as Drake Wirtz, who uh, who hangs out at the uh, Seminole County um, Seminole County School Board meetings. There's always once of those that happen uh, once in a while, and uh, Joey Janela decided to uh, head on over there. Head head on over. Excuse me. Head on over there. The Seminole County uh, school board hearings are are live streamed and it's become a bit of bit of a thing on Twitter because Drake Younger would go there, still does, and you know go with his wild conspiracy theories about how wearing masks is uh, enabling child traffickers to kidnap children and other fun wild facts. He, he and a bunch of other weirdo conspiracy theorist nut jobs so Joey Janela decided to show up there and uh just caused a bit of a, distru- a disruption and and walked out or he got tossed out got asked to leave and when he started yelling a little too much during the meeting uh and uh it was covered by the local news who said you know that um, a man walked out stormed out out of frustration it was something special it was really really something special it was really really funny it's for these little things sometimes that you you know you should hang on to a twitter account and go check it out but joey janela is and then the amazing thing is that the reactions that people get then is that a lot of people think he's being serious and that's when you realize at some point that there there are still people out there that can be fooled by professional wrestling or at least they think that they know what's going on in professional wrestling. They think that, you know, they think they're smart, you know, the smart fan, but they end up getting bamboozled. 
Joey Janela, man, he's the last of the great workers, like in the, like in the sense of, you know, working people. That's what I mean. Chris Jacobs, thank you for the super chat, by the way. Uh, J.K. Schwal, thank you again. And good Chris Jacobs, hello and welcome, and let's get to it. It is time for the weekly wrestling inspection. All right. Um, I'm going, let's, uh, yeah, let's start this week by talking about uh, Hell in a Cell, the big WWE pay-per-view that occurred uh, this past weekend. Going to wrap up the show with some of my thoughts since I haven't had a proper chance to talk about it. And folks in the chat, it's time. Let me know. Time to talk about what you thought about Hell in a Cell. Did you like it? Did you not like it? What was your favorite match? What was, what was the match you thought stunk? Or did any match stink? Let me get to it. Pre-show started with Natalia defeating Mandy Rose in a singles match. Um, I mean, look, this was fine. It was fine. And it was not the match that I was expecting either. Um, I, you know, the thing with, the thing with Mandy Rose is I, I think she gets a lot of, I think she really gets a lot of shit, but this is a lady who, whenever you give her the opportunity to do stuff, she always tries something new. And I think we saw a lot of new things out of Mandy Rose uh, on Sunday. She worked a ground game. She she worked she worked a grappling game with Natalia. And Natalia is into that stuff because she's a heart, and uh, you know apparently that's what all the hearts do because they're trained in that dungeon, which essentially is just like. You know, some, you know, some gymnastic mats thrown on the ground, plywood walls. You've seen photos of the dungeon. This, this one. I remember, look, I remember like back in the 90s when they talk about the fabled hard dungeon, you know, and they never actually show it. You wouldn't, you know, the internet was there, but stuff wasn't as widespread. And you're like, you think. You think you hear about you know the hard dungeon that's where they that's where they train in this harsh environment and you really picture it like this gloomy damp like Disney esque uh, 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 area where you lock up people for for years you know chained to the walls you know you have like vermin running around it's just a dude's basement and he he put up fucking plywood. You know, on his walls, just threw some some shit down on the mat. It's like it, you look at it, and I was like, eh, it ain't so bad. But back to, I, I, look, I don't want to spend too much time on this match. I thought it was fine. I thought Mandy looked uh, looked pretty good, um, uh, and uh, and Natalia was fine too. This, I, I mean, it was a it was a good it was a good opener. I mean, you know, it's no it's no Serena Deep versus Rio. Which is the greatest pre-show match of all time? I mean, if that's the bar, I mean, it's a hell of a bar, right? You have to have a bar. Excited. I want to say hello to Young Drizzy. Good to see you, and Mister Minoan. Good to see you too, sir. 
then the match, uh, the uh, the show started proper opening up with Bianca Belair defeating Bailey in a Hell in a Cell to retain the WWE Women's SmackDown Championship. Um, this was fine. It was fine. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> there was nothing bad about it, but there was nothing, it, it, it didn't reach that extra gear. I don't know what y'all in the chat think, but it, I, I, I thought both women worked hard. It was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a messy match. I think it was well produced, was well put together. Uh, they worked really well together. There was, like, there's nothing to complain about the work. It's just, a bit, it was a, how can I, let, I'm trying to think of a really fun metaphor. <laughs> Having trouble coming up with a really fun metaphor. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, look, it just lacked. It, oh, Ben said it in the chat. It, it, there was no sizzle. There was no, you know, just didn't move on to that next gear. And quite frankly, I feel like this is what this was a this was the symptom of the entire Hell in a Cell card. I thought that was the whole thing. One match aside. I think that was the problem with Hell in a Cell from head to toe. It was like, pfft. okay, it's a thing that happened. I mean, it, 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 anyway, Bianca and Bailey was 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 a far cry from being a bad match. It it was a strong match. Like if I were doing the ratings things, I'd probably give it what a three. 3.25? I think that's what you give to a decent match? To a good, you know? Just... It. Ah! It's boiled chicken breast. That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. There's my metaphor. You get... When you just get, like... Someone... Not boiled, but steamed. You know, someone steams up some chicken breast and they just serve it to you like that. No spice, no, no sauce, no, not even salt and pepper. There was, I mean, it, it's fine. You know what you're eating and it's good and it's juicy and it's well cooked, but. No, no, no. Yeah. Seth Rollins defeated uh, Cesaro in, in, in their singles match, which I, I think, I think it's a bad idea. Again, this is a match I wanted to like, I wanted to get into, but it never hit that next gear, I found. And the thing here, I'm like, I'm excited. This is what I hope. Hang on, let me start over. This is what I, I wish for when I look at these types of matches. When I, when I look at them going in, I'm like, how bold will WWE be in their booking? Because if there's one company that can allow itself to be bold, in its booking, it is a company that makes $200 million a year off of licensing fees to just one television network. That's all. Um, I know WWE, WWE likes, to, <laughs> they like to, they like to 50-50 their people. That's their thing. They really, really enjoy that. But 
Um, I think what's mo- what they should be doing is building main event stars. Because this is the scuttlebutt going around, right? This is the thing that's going around. It's like, who's next for Roman? Because there's because Roman's been through everyone on the SmackDown roster. So that's why you've got rumors of John Cena and Brock Lesnar showing up at SummerSlam. Because Roman has no one else credible to, to, to go after since he's been through everyone on, on, on the roster. But I still think that there's gas in this... Cesaro feud I really do but you have to build Cesaro as someone credible a guy who wins matches who is dominant they could be doing that in the meantime even if it's not right now they could be doing it down the road I honestly have don't think that Seth Rollins uh, had anything to lose here in this match by losing it is my point I don't I feel like he's always been bulletproof. He could have absolutely taken the L here. And Cesaro comes off and, yeah, I beat Seth Rollins at one time and I beat him again. He's already, he's already reached, uh, he's already given us, he Cesaro with Roman, given WWE its match of the year so far. Like unquestionably a fantastic match. Uh, at uh, uh, last pay-per-view, <laughs> which I've already forgot. Too many pay-per-views. Uh, WWE Backlash. Was that it? Was that a Backlash? WrestleMania Backlash. So I, I, I don't understand. I, I Actually, no, I do understand uh, 50-50 everyone so no one gets over. Just push Cesaro. Push him. I was I'm, I'm I've been looking at old Money in the Bank matches recently, and I saw the one uh, I think it was two thousand four, two thousand twelve, where he's partnered with Jack Swagger, and they're the All Americans. And I'm like, them not knowing what to do with Cesaro goes back a long time. It goes back a long time when all you need Cesaro. All you should be doing with Cesaro is putting him in matches, making him win, making him look good. I think that's really what's most important. Entertainment, good to see you. Welcome to the chat. That's how you say the chat in French. Anyway, this match was fine. Alexa Bliss defeated Shayna Baszler. Um, Hypnosis? I, 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 I don't understand. And, and again, I, I'm not here, I'm not here to judge anyone who enjoys the Alexa Bliss spooky stuff, or, but for me, for me, I do not need this in my pro wrestling. Alexa Bliss staring at someone who will lift their hand and, come on, come on. And Shayna Baszler, man, and then she eats another pin on Raw. Like, it's Shayna fucking Baszler. Ah! Whatever this was, it happened. It's a match that happened. Sami Zayn defeated Kevin Owens, uh, and uh, this was my match of the night with Sami going over with a bloody mouth. You know, 
and I, on my prediction show with uh, Rico Cucino, this uh, that we had this past Saturday, Rick was saying, because I was sort of lamenting the fact that WWE, you know, they always go back to the same wells, and look at us, we're back to the Sammy, Sammy Kevin Owens well again, you know, and and he said, yeah, but look, at least when you go to Sammy and Kevin, they'll these guys are pros, they love wrestling. And yes, they have the history and they have enough history to sit down, think about their match and be like, so what are we going to do that's new here? What should we try that we haven't done before or bring back or whatever? And it that's how they put their matches together. I'm convinced because this was really, really, really fun. It was it was unquestionably match of the night. I dug it. I thought it was uh, I, I thought it was fun. I love Sami Zayn. I love Kevin Owens. And it's Hey, I'm not just saying that because today is uh, the the is the uh, Quebec holiday, and they're both they both just happen to be from Quebec. I, it's just a pure coincidence, or is it? It was a fun one. Like I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. J.K. Schwal left us a super chat. Thank you very much, J.K. He says heating Sammy up for that King of the Ring run. Yeah, we we talked about this uh, among the uh, um, among the members on the post show last week, which you should join. There's a lot of great conversation that goes on there. Uh, and uh, J.K. Schwal was a big is a big proponent of Sami Zayn uh, being a part of uh, King of the Ring and actually winning the tournament, going all the way. You know, we we all have Xavier Woods as our favorite, right? Uh, you know, we're saying, oh, it's a shoe in zone. But uh, J.K. Schwal, he's like, nah, man, we're going, he goes with, with Sammy. And Sammy, quite frankly, would be, again, an absolute treasure as King as king of the Ring. He would work the gimmick. It would be fantastic. He'd make it, he'd make it fun again, as opposed to obnoxious. It'd be obnoxious, but in a fun way. Sammy is such a treasure right now in WWE. Kevin Owens apparently is taking some time off uh, now. And I I mentioned it. Was it last week? I was talking about how Kevin Owens was the glue of SmackDown. I'm really curious to see how SmackDown is going to go forward with another babyface down the drain here. I'm really, really curious as to how this is going to keep working because there's no more babyfaces. And the babyfaces that you have, you don't want to put them over. WWE has such trouble putting... Creating baby faces, my God, man. Unless they're, um, unless they're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Unless they're being, uh, unless they've been bullied, right? <laughs> unless they've been bullied. DGMC has joined us. How are you, sir? And Tim Trevor, hi, Tim. Did I say hello to you, Tim, earlier? I think so. Thank you for the super chat, J.K. Schwal. Charlotte Flair defeated Rhea Ripley when Rhea Ripley forced a DQ and that pisses me the fuck off so much. I hate that garbage on pay-per-views. Save it for Raw. Save it for Raw. I hate that kind of garbage for for your for your pay-per-view shows. I don't think it has a I don't think I don't think you should be doing that. I really don't. And I think this is this is the old school part of me when we used to buy pay-per-views 
uh, as opposed to just being subscribed to a network. But when you actually bought them and when you get non-finishes on the pay-per-views, you know, you, you'd always feel cheated out a bit of your cheated out of your money. And I, I kind of do in still in these situations, even though I'm paying a fraction of the price, I still feel cheated out. I don't think that kind of shit should happen. And Bobby Lashley defeated Drew McIntyre in the Hell in a Cell to not only retain the WWE Championship, but to ensure that Drew McIntyre will not get another chance at the WWE Championship as long as Bobby Lashley has it. And I can only say thank you for for, for some booking. And again, not because I don't like Drew McIntyre. I've been over this. I'm just going through some Drew fatigue. He has been in the title picture since 2000, uh, since uh, 2020, uh, since the Royal Rumble, nonstop, like literally nonstop. You got, you got, uh, you got to pull that shit back, boys. Uh, 2019. What am I talking about? Not 2020. 2019. Yeah, you you got to pull that stuff back. Enough's enough. I can't, uh, personally, I can't deal with, I can't deal with Drew in the title picture anymore. Got to relax, gotta take a breath, and we got to move on. We're good. And I like Drew. I love Drew. No, it is. It was 2020. No, it was last year. My God, I'm confused in my dates. No, it was 2020 when he won the Royal Rumble and then won the title at... WrestleMania 36, right? Yeah, that's it. Okay, then that was last year. Pandemic's completely screwed me up. And, um, I mean, and this was okay, too. This was fine. And then, you know, another Hell in a Cell match. What are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? It was hard fought. It was very, very brutal. I think... If this had happened, if this match had happened a couple of months ago, or at least last month, I think we would have been a lot more invested in it. I think we've just seen Drew and Lashley in this situation too much. that It was just difficult to get invested in it. Should I talk about the spot? Should I talk about the table spot? I think I should. Chat, do you think I should talk about the table spot that Drew McIntyre took? Kind of off camera, you know, sort of, you know, when he got, when he got slammed off the, uh, off the apron, I'm already talking about it. <laughs> I'm good. I'm sure you've seen the spot by now. Bobby Lashley has drew by the, uh, drew up uh, on the apron. He lived or in the ring and he lifts him up and they had set up a table at ringside earlier in uh, in the match. Lashley lifts him, throws him, him being Drew, pronouns pal, over the top rope, and Drew goes through the table, right? Goes through the table. And I'm, do, I'm doing quotations here. We assume he goes through the table despite the fact that camera, despite the fact that the camera switched to an angle where you didn't actually see the table anymore, but you did see Drew fall. Camera cuts back to the ringside area where Drew is where Drew is uh, is lying on the ground, and 
Yeah, and some of us oh, yeah. picked up a hand from under the ring that was pushing bits and pieces of table, like from under the ring towards Drew. And I, uh, thankfully, with with my cable provider, because that's how it works for the WWE Network here, I'm able to pause and rewind stuff, you know, on the fly. And I took and I looked at it two or three times. And I was like, "There's someone feeding broken table parts from under the ring to Drew." And then when you go back a little bit, at the moment, just at at the moment where Drew starts falling off the apron from the slam just before that camera cut you see a fucking crash pad there there's a they have a crash pad set up they move the table put the crash pad and then had someone under the ring push broken table so the whole thing was botched like the illusion was completely botched Anakin JMT and Justin Firestein welcome good to see everyone so this was very funny to me. And it still is. Now, <laughs> I've discussed this. And when I say disgust, I mean, you know, people vehemently disagreeing with my opinion, thinking that I'm stating some kind of fact and telling me that I'm wrong. And I'm not saying that I am right, but since it's my opinion, I will have a tendency to sort of feel like, I'm on the good side here since it's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't have a problem with wrestlers uh, with wrestlers playing it safe. I've said it before and I'll say it again. This was... I want wrestlers to have long, healthy careers... As, and 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 be taken care of in their retirement. I want them to be healthy. I don't want them to be broken down, messed up shells of who they were because they felt like they had to wreck themselves physically and in some circumstances mentally for my entertainment. I've I've I think I've been saying this from the moment I started podcasting. Maybe not the exact moment, but you know, I'm pretty sure this is the one thing I'm the most consistent on. So if Drew's like, nah, man, I don't want to take a bump through a table off of the ring. I don't want to be thrown onto a table. I'm good. I am fine with that. Absolutely okay with that. So then don't take the bump. Don't finagle it. Don't make it happen nonetheless. This is the thing that I I just want, I'd love people who disagree with me to understand because every time I do this shit, it comes back to when I was talking about Chris Jericho and, the, and the, the crash pad, people immediately are like, oh, what? So you wanted him to land flat on the concrete? I'm like, no, just don't take the goddamn bump. It's not, it's not rocket science. Like if if you feel like your 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 body's being abused and you're like, man, I'm not sure I want to do this, then don't. But now, since like it, it's as if now that it's happened, there's this fait accompli, right? There's this 
immutable law of nature that now that the bump has happened, you have to accept it for what it was. And it, my answer will always be no, because I can, because as rational human beings, we can take a few steps back and think about the thought process that went into it and be like, you know what? They shouldn't have done this in the first place. I didn't like the fact that they did a crash pad, that they cut away from the camera, that they didn't do the bump because it's not wrestling. When you do that, it's, I had someone tell me, it's like a movie set. No, it is not like a movie set. It is a wrestling show. You're supposed to see this kind of stuff. It's the illusion of, uh, uh, it's the illusion and the, the, the skill that is used to put people through tables and take bumps and so on and so forth without uh, creating uh, har irreparable bodily damage to themselves is what makes it interesting. That's what makes it pro wrestling. That's not pro wrestling. It's something else. It is a, then if you're starting to see it as a movie set, then it ain't pro wrestling. And this is not me saying I want people jumping off of balconies and being reckless with themselves. No, 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 no. Don't take the bump if you're not comfortable taking it. And don't try to make me believe that you took the bump because then I feel you're insulting my intelligence. It's well documented. I, Going through a table, you know, going through, the, it's not, it's not pleasurable, it's not fun, but it does lessen the impact than hitting the ground directly. Or when you hit a table and it doesn't break, that's awful too. Just, there's always a decision that can be made. Should we do the bump or not? And they could have said, no. If WWE had not had the little hands scooching, scooching and had done all the camera shots perfectly, would I be complaining about this? Probably. Or I'd probably just be saying, man, production missed the shot. That's probably what I'd be saying. Probably be complaining about it on a different level. There was no, like, ultimately, there's no reason for Drew to take the bump if he doesn't want to take it. There really isn't. There really isn't. It's the same thing with Chris Jericho. This is the same thing I was talking about with Blood and Guts. If he didn't want to take the bump, he shouldn't have taken it. And I'm, I'll even, I even go a step further saying that there is no reason to take uh, cage dives anymore because none of them are memorable anymore it doesn't make anything more dramatic it doesn't stay impregnated in the minds of fans anymore tell me do you all remember that crazy crazy do you remember kevin owens being thrown off the hell in a cell by braun Strowman? is that before i mentioned it was that something that was in your mind because it's a hell of a... He took a Mick Foley type of dive. But you don't remember it. Because it doesn't stick with us anymore. Because it's overdone. And thankfully it's overdone. 
because that means that less people should take it because they're, it's not as impactful anymore. We don't need to see it anymore. So, overall, Hell in a Cell. <laughs> Hell in a Cell is... Um, I don't think it was a bad show. I just think it... it I think it is a... I think it's a um, a testament to how much WWE can get into its own way and keep us from enjoying what's going on. Or e either by not getting us emotionally invested in the matches or creating situations in matches like screwy finishes and whatnot that take the enjoyment away from us. W or hypnotism <laughs> that's to me that's what's w that's wwe's mo it always gets into its own way oh well oh well should we move on to monday night raw then let's talk about monday night raw um i want to talk about uh bobby lashley versus uh, xavier woods um Raw was okay. Like it wasn't and but I mean like this is this is I'm saying okay when you when you're like at the bottom, you know, and things aren't you know, you're sort of l l rising a bit from the bottom. You're sort of floating a little bit. Like this ain't so bad. I did like the I did like the Savior Woods Bobby Lashley stuff. You know, he goes in the ring to celebrate. The New Day interrupt. You know, they're setting up a match with Kofi and, and, and Kofi Kingston and Bobby Lashley for Money in the Bank, which I think is great. Um, Bobby Lashley, for some reason, challenges, says he wants a match with Xavier Woods because he wants the match at Money in the Bank to be a one-on-one -on -one match. Like, I didn't quite get that part. And Xavier Woods accepts, but he says, I want to do it in Hell in a Cell. I'm like, oh my god. And they even had the graphics, you know, with the red eyes and the like the demonic tentacles and so on. And I'm like, why? Why? And if you don't feel, if you don't feel like Hell in a Cell is diluted and devoid of what it once represented and once it what it once was then Monday night should have driven that home for you. This was the fourth Hell in a Cell match that WWE had for us within four days. Because we had the one on uh, on Friday. The They had switched up things last minute, they being WWE, right? They had taken off uh, Ray versus Roman put it on SmackDown and instead we got Bailey and Bianca uh, in, in Hell in a Cell which I think is a fair trade-off and, and and I mean okay but it's still overextending the gimmick this gimmick which is supposed to be one of the most uh, one of the most uh, uh, vile and disturbing ones 
that WWE can put on. You know, it's like one of the most uh, crushing ones. It's supposed to be one that shaves years off of the careers of those who participate in them. So they just shaved like years off of four of their top stars. Hell, even more with Bobby Lashley, who accepted to do two Hell in a Cells within 24 hours. Like that, seriously, it takes away the mystique then. It's not like this, oh, this great. And why would, why would Woods call it? Why would Woods go? Why not in Hell in a Cell? Like Hell in a Cell should be something. Look, it, it should be the end of a feud. It's of a blood feud. It should be something to wrap up uh, 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 a, a, an angle with with something violent, uh, some, something uh, uh, ominous. Not like, hey, I'm challenging you to imagine. Look, the cage is still set up. Uh, you know, uh, the, the crew hadn't ta- hasn't taken it down yet. So uh, why don't we uh, why don't we bring it down? Ah, huh? we'll just uh, we'll just have ourselves a match in the cage. Huh? How about that? Hell in the cell, you and me. Like that that doesn't it doesn't work that way. And it started when they actually started making a Hell in a Cell themed pay per view because then you expect it. What Hell in a Cell was great when it was great. It, they would, they being WWE, would pull it out once in a while. Oh, we're getting a Wrestle, uh, uh, Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. Whoa! I'm getting a Hell in a Cell at uh, King of the Ring. Whoa! You know, it's like, that's how, that's how it worked. And all the matches felt important. They felt crucial. It was, they were, everything that was done in there was dramatic and, and felt important. The match that we got on Monday did not feel important. I liked it more than the Roman Reigns and Rey Mysterio match on Friday. I really, I thought, I thought that while the match on Friday was well worked, I feel like a lot of my uh, commentary pundit uh, pals, a lot of them uh, were over were overselling how good it was. I didn't think it was all that great. I thought it was well worked, but I didn't think it was great. Monday. I thought it was better worked. I thought there was there was more emotion to it, but I question why was it in the cage? They didn't use the cage. You know when they started using the cage at the very end when Lashley was pushing Xavier Woods' face into it to make Kofi cry, I guess. Um that's when it was that's when it was uh when it was uh that's when it was used. Otherwise, the entire match was like tables and gimmicks and whatnot. They could have just they, this could have been settled in a good old-fashioned no disqualifications match. Just as simple as that. There was no reason to put it in hell in a cell. It just devalues it. But this is WWE's MO. It's like it, WWE never does anything in moderation. It has something it likes. It's going to shove it down your throat as much as possible. And then, and, and as much as I love the idea of having ourselves a Kofi Kingston back in the title picture, you know, and, and the New Day, like, you know, Kofi and Woods having their promo saying, you know, Kofi was a WWE champion. He got his Intercontinental Champion and Xavier Woods going, hey, and me, I'm looking forward to King of the Ring. I love that shit. I thought that was great. You know, I, I love how the New Day can always bring this down to the basic stakes of sports, of wrestling. You know, it's like titles and accomplishments. And 
But now, now Bobby Lashley, you know, he beat up Xavier Woods in the cage to and and Kofi's mad. So now it's personal. It doesn't have to be personal. It doesn't have to be personal because it's it's for the WWE Championship. It's for the big prize, the biggest prize they have. It's the title with the lineage. This and I know I'm a broken record. I know, but they keep doing it over and over again. All they have to do, all the WWE has to do is say, this is for the world championship. It's for our big, big title. And that's it. It doesn't have to be personal. It doesn't have to start involving, I'm going to beat up all your friends. Then I have people telling me, "Was it? oh, well, he's working the psychology angle. Wait, the psychology angle is very simple. It's like, I'm the champion. I'm better than you. Look, I hang out here. I have drinks with my manager and all these women there's your psychology angle. I'm the champ. I'm the best. It doesn't have to be any more complicated or convoluted than that. I always feel, I always feel like that takes away from, I always feel like it takes away from the title when they do that kind of stuff. Bugs me. Anyway, Woods worked really hard here. You know, clearly, clearly Woodsy wants wants the king of the ring stuff to happen and honestly i do too because i'm a sucker for tournament wrestling um and um and he wants to be considered and he you know i wouldn't call you know i wouldn't call um xavier woods you know the next carl gotch by any stretch of the imagination but he's an extremely solid worker that understands how to put a match together and make it work he's very talented you know he's no He's not a slouch. So, at least, you know, the, like I said, the match wasn't bad. I thought it was entertaining. Just didn't need the cell, didn't need the artifice. It's always everything that happens around these, these events that makes me, that irritates me when it comes to WWE, you know? We also had Ricochet versus AJ Styles for a spot. We're having qualifiers for Money in the Bank, right? The men are having singles matches and the women are having tag team matches because, of course, because because you couldn't have the women have their own tag team, have their own singles matches. Right? For some reason, the women were going to get the qualifiers done really, really fast. We're going to give 25 minutes to Drew and uh, Matt Riddle. But uh, yeah, Asuka and Naomi, you guys are going to qualify in a flash. Main rosters, women's division are divisions. It's not being not being well taken care of, kids. It really ain't. But back to Ricochet versus AJ Styles here. Uh, this was fine. You know, Ricochet had a, a nice Northern Lights into a suplex. Great death, deadlift German twos. AJ Styles hit a Yoshiguroshi, and then the the War Raiders run out to come after Omas, who was not involved in the match at all. Like, he wasn't getting involved. He was just at ringside because I think he, I don't think he's very, I don't think his reflexes are all that great. I think he, I don't know. He wasn't getting involved. But they come after him. They start beating him up. And they do a barricade spot. The Raiders, where Omas runs into the barricade and the barricades fall apart. This is a pet peeve of mine now, folks. I think it's a, there's two pet peeves now that I've developed. 
over the past, I'd say 10 days or so, like that I've been, that I've solidified in me. Barricade spots in WWE. You know, when they run through the barricade and the barricade explodes, you see those every other week, every other week, every three weeks. Like, there's no, and commentary goes, oh my God, you know? And I'm like, strengthen your fucking barricades. This is ridiculous. Stop. It happens all the time. This isn't secure. This isn't secure. What are you going to do when the live audiences are going to come back? They're going to start leaning into the barricades and the barricades are going to collapse and then everyone's going to run around the ring and be like, ah, look, mom, on television. That's when they have the kids with the bad accents. <laughs> bad accent night at the arena. Look, mom. I'm on the television. I am on WWE Raw. Running around. Whee! <laughs> uh, so that's pet, pet peeve number one. Pet peeve number two is uh, lifting someone, being in it like in a triangle, in a triangle hold, or and l lifting the person who has you in the triangle. And then power bombing. I'm 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 completely done with that move. This is one that you see every week on most shows, actually, and I and I'm sick of it. Because here's the thing: this is the one thing. This is where I'm at in the psychology of this. Like we've seen it happen often and often and often, right? If I'm the guy or the gal who has the other guy or the other gal in a triangle lock and that person is starting to lift me to powerbomb me wouldn't I just let go of the hold especially since we've seen it so often now wouldn't I just release the hold and fall back on my feet before something bad happens I feel like this is something Zack Sabre Jr. would say just let go of the hold mate Uh, Ricochet gets his spot uh, at the Money in the Bank, which I I was I'm cool with. This is good. Um, he wins after hitting a messy code breaker off of countering the uh, phenomenal forearm. So that was fine. It was it, it was okay. Um, next we had uh, Eva Marie and her partner versus Oscar and Naomi. I hated this match. Utterly and completely because it's too short. There's, 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 um, there's stakes to this match. Like, legitimate, awesome stakes to this match. And they're going to blow it over like in a three minute, 30 match. And that pisses me off. Uh, I Now, I understand that this is Eva Marie. And clearly, they don't want Eva Marie to wrestle because for some bizarre reason I, I it would appear as if they're saying to themselves she's not she's not ready to wrestle she's not good by the way i'm glad that eva marie you know she cut a promo before starting before starting the um, the match uh where she was standing next to piper niven and she was like, i want to introduce my my partner and her name is and then they lean over the microphone to piper and she's about to say piper niven you can say you can see her lips are pursing into the p, p, into the p, 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 p position. P, p, put it in the p position, Piper. <laughs> and Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled p, 
peppers. Piper. P position. What was I talking about? Piper Niven. So she's about to say Piper Niven, but then even Marie goes, no, her name is uh, Dewdrop. You know, and she's sort of, it's sort of like insinuating, I just made this off the top of my head. I just looked at her and said, Dewdrop. So, you know, and the idea, <laughs> the idea is clearly like Eva Marie is using Piper Niven to make herself feel better about herself. You know, she, she just, anyway. So, um, so clearly they're not going to stick with this for very long, but you know, I'm glad to see, you know, that, uh, Eva Marie during this promo, she, she no longer, you know, she, she, she is now officially better, a better promo than a stick of wood. She has graduated to a broom. So she now, she, she's now a, a, as good a promo as a broom. Piper P, P position. So, so they do the match, and it's essentially uh, it's a tag team match. But Piper Niven does all the do drop, does all the um, does all the work, and and they're already sowing dissent. They're you know where where do drop is like nah man I'm doing all the work and yeah and Eva Marie wants all the glory and there's already a friction happening there, which is encouraging. Which is something like at least. I this I can get behind if you know they just drop this really 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 quickly you know let's just get rid of this really really fast because I'm okay with that and then Piper Niven you know what's going to happen she's going to be one of these baby faces that's going to be pushed like a like a a bull she was bullied right this is exactly what they're going to do with her I've always been made fun of because of how I look, because of my size. I don't conform. You know, I try to put the P in the position, but. And that, but that's literally what they're going to do with her. If you don't see this coming, folks, you must be new to wrestling. Anyway, I thought this was garbage. This was garbage, but there is, uh, there is a, 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 a shining light. There is a shining light because I think they might be getting done with this situation fairly quickly. And maybe Eva Marie will move on to someone else. You know, she'll get, well, this is my new protege. You're fired. And then the two, and then Piper Niven will fight with the new protege. Protege is another P word that you can put in the P position. Protege, Piper, Piper, put the protege in the P position. There was a really awkward Rhea Ripley Charlotte segment. Like, I mean, super awkward. Uh, anyway, uh, Randy Orton versus John Morrison happened. Morrison is in the ladder match. That's a good call. Um, the drip sticks. I don't even want it. Whatever. But John Morrison in the ladder match is a good call. Any 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 day of the week. Any day of the week. Then we had Alexa Bliss. And Nikki Cross versus Shayna Baszler and the other one for the qualifiers for Money in the Bank. So, let's get a few things out of the way. Because there's a, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a, hmm. Let's get a few things out of the way. I think Alexa Bliss's new theme is pretty good. 
I I I, I kind of like it. I don't think it, I I like it better than the weird mashup. You know, I think that's good. Um, I um I hated the hell. I absolutely hated the match again. Um, because too short, whatever, more stupid hypnosis shit. And what is Nia Jackson? Can she break out of the spell because they once were friends? Is that the thing? Shayna Baszler gets pinned again. The women's matches are under are sub five minute affairs. And this stinks. I had someone tell me, well, count your lucky stars that they're getting uh, that they're getting qualifying matches because last year they just picked the women and had them sign a contract. Uh, no, ah, uh, no, no. I'm, I'm pretty okay with not being okay with this situation here with the tag teams and the short matches for the women. I'm completely okay not liking that. I'm completely okay to expect more from the biggest fucking wrestling company in the goddamn world. And then Nikki Cross. <laughs> Nikki Cross is a superhero now. I don't know if you guys and gals heard about this. Um, she cuts a corny promo backstage talking about, I don't know, how she, this speaks to her that, uh, you know, she's been wanting to do you know, been wanting to do something great all her life, and finally, she, this is where she's at. This is a woman who last year had one of the longest, if not the longest tenure with Alexa Bliss as women's tag team champions, and was challenging for women's championships, was challenging Bailey for the title. It's not like she's not arriving out of anywhere, out of nowhere, being like, Oh, like, I've been risen from jobber status. No! Like, WWE wants, is sort of putting her in that position, being like, hey, you remember last year when she was a contender? Well, now this year she's winning matches out of nowhere, so we should be excited for her. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. She's a superhero now. She, she's, she's got a superhero, she's got superhero tights. She's got a little superhero domino, a little uh, half mask thing, uh, and uh, she uh, she has a little logo. It's a butterfly with uh, electric uh, bolts around it. I think uh, the butterfly is about to be uh, struck by lightning coming from multiple uh, sides. Uh, poor butterfly. And that, and then. Nikki Cross and her husband, uh, Killian Dane, go out on Twitter and say, this was something that Nikki's been working on for a while. It's been something she's been hoping to do. We're very excited. Nikki's excited. She's excited to do it. She's really enthusiastic about it. If there is one person on the current WWE roster who could make this thing work, it is unquestionably Nikki Cross. Absolutely, Nikki Cross. She's she has that connection, that earnestness. You know, like living 
having her emotions on her sleeve kind of thing. She absolutely has this abandonment that makes her so endearing, that helps create the connection. Yes, even when she was running around like a screaming banshee insanity, she did it with such gumption and conviction that we were just like, we buy into it. We buy it, Nikki. So, I sincerely believe that she can make this thing work, this superhero thing work, because it's Nikki Cross. It's creative I have no faith in. It's not her. Not her ideas. I have no faith in WWE creative. Give it time. No, no, no. Because we have all been in positions in the past where it's like, well, creative has a plan. Let's give it time. And they never deliver. In some instances, they under deliver. This is not good. It's This is not a good thing because I really think that this is the kind of thing that they will easily fumble on. Oh, but creative must love their idea, her idea if they let her run with it. Hey, you know who else? You know who else had some really good ideas that the creative really liked? Alistair Black. That's the thing. Is that I don't have... I have zero faith in this company's capacity to follow through on an idea and, and maintain it and make it interesting. Healthy... Remember when Rhea Ripley, when she lost after uh, at WrestleMania last year, what did Triple H say? We have a plan. We're gonna. We have a plan for this. Just give it time. We gave it time, man. Was it a twelve-month plan? Highly doubt it. Highly, highly doubt it. Anyway, like I said, Nikki Cross has the capacity to put it over. Creative has the power to make it stupid and to make it obnoxious and annoying. And that's what I'm fearful of. And I apologize, DGMC. I skipped over a super chat of yours. Thank you very much, DGMC. And I'll read it right now. He says, in a perfect world, which is more important for a feud to have a Hell in a Cell match? A. The involved characters' intensity, or B, the story's intensity? That's a good question. Um, mm, mm, mm. I think that if you have A, you then get B. Like if your if your performers, if your wrestlers are really intense and are believing in the feud and are making it really, really strong, and then I think that it naturally will make the story. I think it'll actually, it will make the story itself to a certain degree. So I'm more about, I'm more about, you know, I think in this particular case scenario here, if you're forcing me to pick, I'm going to go with intense character representation as opposed to, um, as opposed to, uh, to the story itself. Because I think, B gets influenced by A. 
And uh, we had a very good, I found, uh, Matt Riddle versus Drew McIntyre match. Uh, Riddle had a great pump, a great gut wrench suplex over the head, belly to belly, onto the floor as well. Drew hit a spider German, a Michinoku driver. Riddle countering the Claymore into a bro mission ruled. I mean, it was well fought, a long match, which, again, I think could have been uh, could have been uh, shortened for the women a little bit. Hmm? But uh, Riddle won. And I was kind of a, I was kind of surprised about that. I was like, oh, look at this. Look at this. They're really keeping Drew out of the picture. Riddle goes into money in the because it was the money in the bank qualifier. Apologize. Uh, I didn't mention that from the get-go. But I thought this was really interesting because then Riddle goes forward. Drew is taken away from the picture. I'm like, okay, they're really leading into this. So then what happens with Drew? Bit of a losing streak, maybe. Uh, you know, you know, he's sort of ends up down in the dumps. Maybe he like gets afraid that he's fallen out of favor, that Vince is gonna fire him again because he's he doesn't he's not the chosen one anymore. You know, you like there's a lot of really cool tidbits that you could use here to give some depth to Drew's character. I was like, oh, so many possibilities here. But then like a couple of segments later, we're getting a last chance triple threat match uh, next week where the losers of all the the matches this week are in a triple threat and whoever wins, well, gets a spot at Money in the Bank and Drew is in there with Randy Orton and AJ Styles. I'm like, oh, well, fuck you then. Because <laughs> then now there's a fair chance that Drew's going to win it and he's going to be in Money in the Bank. And I'm like, but Drew has to overcome all the obstacles. He loses. Yeah, but we we just want him. We love Drew and we want to continue loving Drew. Just... Keep him out of the keep him out of the title picture for a while. That's all. That's all. I want to say hello to Kristen Ashley, the first lady of the Mr. One Hang Show. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Kristen. Hello. Uh that was raw. It was all right. It was all right. I want to give a few thoughts about NXT. Um, NXT we're back again this week with with a with a pretty good show coming back around. Another fun episode of NXT. Could it be that? Could it be that NXT is focusing back on the wrestling? Because that's what it seems like. I like. Don't get me wrong. It hasn't suddenly become like a pure wrestling show. There's there's still nonsense on it. There's there's stuff that still feels more uh, main rostery as opposed to uh, as opposed to what NXT used to be. You know, but. I mean, this is look. This is a show that was bookmarked, bookended. That's that. That's that was. <laughs> yeah, bookended. That's the word I'm looking for. What? Are, why was I hesitating? That was bookended by uh, the Kyle O'Reilly Adam Cole build for their second match at uh, Great American Bash in two weeks. Starts off with Cole, ends with O'Reilly. So you have like that makes sense it's a good balance too 
And there's a lot of decisions that were made on this show where I'm really, really excited about. I'm going to tell you, I can't stand Vic Joseph anymore. I can't stand Vic Joseph. And if anyone, this is the part where everyone was like, I can't stand Mauro Ronaldo anymore. This is the part where you're like, Mauro Ronaldo was better than this. Because Mauro Ronaldo knows the names of the moves. Vic Joseph is like, oh, oh, he just drove him down. Oh, like he's using multiple synonyms of what a maneuver. That's what he's doing right now. And boom, 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 boom. I'm like, oh my God. And this is bleeding onto Beth, Beth Phoenix, where she's going, and boom, boom. I can't take it. Vic Joseph is making this show extremely difficult to listen to. He keeps screaming in my ears. I'm, I, it's really rough. But that aside, the show opened up with Adam Cole versus Carmelo Hayes, formerly Christian Casanova. Um, and this, this was the mat. If you recall last week, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly were supposed to pick opponents. We're supposed to pick opponents to um, uh, to fight this week in preparation for their big match, right? For the the uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Cole too. And Adam Cole is like, ah, I don't want to fight anyone. I'm cool, you know. It's like I don't want to do it. But then Christian uh, Christian Casanova. Now known as Carmelo Hayes, no relation. Uh, he comes and he cuts a promo and he says, uh, he calls back ruthless aggression, which I thought was kind of corny, but that's fine. Uh, and and they, they do have a match. They have an impromptu match. This was fine. Hey, Hayes was very good. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird to say. Although Hayes was very good. Uh, he was very good. Cole gave him a lot, a lot of offense, which, which, hang on. Cole gives him a lot of offense. Hayes is a new guy. Does that mean Adam Cole's career is done? Because he had a competitive match with a newcomer? Adam Cole's career is done, folks. He's buried, buried by the new guy. The new guy shouldn't put up all this offense. <laughs> Dead. Kaput! Goodbye, Adam Cole. You're joining the Kenny Omegas and John Moxley's and Kyle O'Reilly. He's dead. No, not Kyle O'Reilly last week. Kushida. Kushida's dead too. That's it. The new guy got too much offense on him. There was some fun stuff like the suplex cutter by Hayes, which was pretty cool, but compared to Kushida versus Blake Christian last week. What's um that's not his name anymore. What's his name? Blake Christian. I can't remember his NXT name. Uh but compared to Kushida versus Blake Christian last week, uh last week's match was a lot better. A lot better than this. Um we also got Io uh, Shirai and Zoe Stark taking on uh, Aaliyah and Jessica Maya. Uh, two things I like here. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I thought the match was okay, but there's two things I like. Establishing the fact that EO doesn't play well with others, right? Zoe Stark sort of set that up and she's like, I know EO has a history. I'm sort of weary into doing this. 
and Eo's like, you know, we're not friends. I don't like you, but I respect you. Let's just get the job done kind of thing. I'm like, I, I like that. That's cool. And giving these two women a match together to establish them as a tag team and as a threat before the triple threat, that's something that's good. That's that's the only way that tag teams, wrestlers become threats. It's by putting them in matches. This Anyway, this was an okay match. Zoe Stark is clearly establishing herself as the power of the duo. She uh, And Io, she's the high flyer. She's, you know... The, the, the fast one. I also like how this is all intertwining. You know, how uh, Aaliyah and uh, Jessica Mea, all this is intertwining with the Frankie Monet thing. You know, where Frankie Monet is meeting those women backstage and sort of talking shit on the Robert Stone brand. And Aaliyah and Jessica Mea are like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. This, this, we're... Robert Brand, Robert Stonebrand, he's the he's a dope, you know. He's a, he, I don't we don't like him. So I I I dig that, and I like the idea of ha- Frankie Monet having like a like a like a stable like that, and Frankie Monet having a singles match again this week against the PC girl. Um, I thought that. This is what old NXT was. You had your marquee matches, but then, yes, I'm sorry, but then you had, but then you had, uh, you had your marquee matches, but then you had the other talent going through jobber matches, essentially, enhancement matches, let's call them that, against PC talent. And that's how everyone gets over. That's how everyone gets TV time and, and and sort of elevates their position. I want to see more of Taya Valkyrie squishing ladies like that. And I want to see other people do that. I want to see Eli Drake do that. LA Knight. Instead of sitting by the poolside and now he's like suddenly some millionaire. And I say suddenly it's been two, three weeks that it's been suddenly a millionaire. Uh, I, this is the kind of stuff I want to see. This feels more like the old NXT. You get excited for the main event of Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida, but then you get all this stuff in the meantime. You know? Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida was a very good NXT main event. Some great grappling throughout. This was a great counter-wrestling match if if you're like me and you sort of get shivers when guys and gals slip in and out of uh of, of wrestling holds this was for you i loved it uh this is a great uh great moment where kyle O'Reilly does an anori roll into a heel hook and kushida shifts over into a bridge to pin kyle O'Reilly's shoulders to the mat so that kyle would release the um would release the the whole that fucking ruled the boys start getting exhausted at some point because it it does require some cardio to do what they're doing so they start trading strikes instead Kushida hits a hammerlock suplex on the apron that could not have felt good um and but Kushida was working the arm throughout of course setting up for the uh for the hoverboard lock but Kyle O'Reilly gets the win after rolling in and out of hoverboard lock attempts and just getting a roll-up win on Kushida. Um, I know a lot of people are annoyed by, we're annoyed by the finish, another roll-up. And that's the point. It's like another, another 
roll up. If they didn't do it as often, it wouldn't be so frustrating. But now it's like, oh, this is a good way to protect people. It's like, just put people over. Just put people over. And this, if you're, if you're wanting us to buy Kyle O'Reilly as a main event tip tier uh, uh, NXT guy, tippy top tip tier NXT guy, you have to start letting him win big matches more often than not. That's what you have to do. Because if if it's just like 50-50 or we'll do this finish, it sort of protects the other guy and it's give him some good decisive wins, no one would have been mad here if Kushida had lost because it makes sense in the booking. You're booking Kyle O'Reilly against his arch nemesis in a couple of weeks. Make him look like a beast. Make him... Have him def- have him lose to Kushida. It can be a close win, but it could be a little more decisive than this. And then in a couple of weeks, Kyle O'Reilly has to win against Adam Cole. And I don't have confidence that WWE is going to do the right thing here. I kind of feel like they're going to 50-50 it. Adam Cole has nothing to lose. Absolutely nothing to lose. Kyle O'Reilly has everything to gain in getting another win over, Kyle, uh, over Adam Cole, former NXT champion. The, uh, the Undisputed Era guy, like a star in, in in NXT. This is how they're going, this is the only way they're going to truly establish Kyle O'Reilly as a megastar, well, a megastar, a big star, a credible threat for the championships. If if it's always sort of, oh, well, we'll go this way and then a little bit that way, then no one ever gets over. No one gets over. It's just that simple. But back to Kyle O'Reilly, Kushidi, Kushidi, Kyle O'Reilly, Kushidi, Mitch. If, uh, was this as good as their best of Super Juniors 2016 match win? No, of course not. What, are you a dunce? Are you some kind of dunce? Are you a dunce? That's a dunce kind of question. No, not exactly a dunce, but, you know, best of Super Juniors 2016, I mean, it's going to be pretty hard to hit those. I, I know, but it was still a great match. I, I it, it, it was really, really good. I think it ruled. You should check it out. And then, oh, Joe Pula. Good to see you. Welcome to the chat. JPJ. After the match, Kyle O'Reilly attacks, uh, gets attacked by Adam Cole. It spills out into the audience. Samoa Joe was there. And then, as this is going on, in the meantime, in the ring, you have... Um, you have our boy Kushida who's getting ambushed by a guy in a hoodie. Turns out the guy in the hoodie is is um, Roderick Strong, who was flanked by Tyler Rust and Hideki Suzuki with Malcolm Bivens, and they are this fa- infamous diamond mine that we were hearing about. And they they stand over they stand over tall over. Kushida and I'm like this is great this is great again sort of wondering if this is something that they want to do you know sort of moving forward here do they want to make NXT bring it a little more back to what it was we're going to drag not drag it but we're going to bring it back uh, to like when it was all about the wrestling when it was all about because right what you have here is a great collection of catch wrestlers here, of technicians, of guys who are like, no nonsense, 
We're gonna, we go in the ring, we have great matches. This is what the diamond mine means to me right now. And then you have Malcolm Bivens, who is going to make up for the, who is going to make up for the, the weaknesses of all three of those guys. And that is the promo work. You've got Bivens, who is going to put these guys over. And in the ring, these guys are going to destroy people. I am stoked for this. And I am stoked that Roderick Strong is going to be the, uh, is going to be the face of this faction. And I'm stoked. And I call this. I, I'm, he's still in NXT. People are like, oh, Roderick Strong is going to Maine. The, Roderick Strong going to Maine would have been a disaster for him. He is exactly the type of guy like Johnny Gargano, like Kyle O'Reilly. If he goes up to Maine, Vince won't have a clue what to do with him. Too small, can't talk, uh, no, you know, larger than life persona, charisma, whatever you want to talk, whatever you want to call it. It, it, it that's his, that's the issue. That's the issue that he he would have had on main. NXT's fine. NXT, he'll be able to wrestle exactly how he likes to wrestle. And are you kidding me? Roderick Strong, Roderick Strong and Kushida in a feud? Forget about it. I'm, I'm sold on that. And is Suzuki going to wrestle? Because from what I what I understand, he was there as a coach. So is he like in, like in a player coach position? Like I'm stoked about this. I think this is I think the Diamond Mind is the most exciting thing to happen out of NXT since ah well okay I was. I I I want to I don't want to throw um, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott's group under the bus here. Um, um, Hit Row. I don't want to throw Hit Row under the bus because that's pretty fantastic too. But the Diamond Mine Man to me that's a that's it feels like a callback to what NXT used to be about. Fingers crossed. If they cut down on the on the skits. And the nonsense and the overuse of promos and they give us wrestling. They put people over. That's what NXT is about. NXT has always been about cutting off the fat of the main roster and just giving us what we like. That's what made it really feel like an alternative an alternative to main roster within WWE. And with all these things that have been happening, it's really strange... It kind of feels like TakeOver in your house was a, it kind of feels like TakeOver was a, um, was a, a wake-up call. Don't you find? Because I feel like a lot of the decisions that are happening, that happened over the past two weeks are, I kind of feel like the decisions that, that, that they've been making over the past two weeks are quite the opposite of what they tried to sell us on for takeover in your house. It's interesting. Karrion Cross was on main event. Everyone's freaking out because of his entrance. Because he's not doing it with Scarlet. There's no smoke. There's no light laser light show. It's just his logo on a background like a swirling black hole kind of thing. 
people are like, how dare they just uh, debut it? It's like, it's fucking main event. Come on, no one watches this. Relax. It's not a big deal. Mr. Fantastic is here. Good to see you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I want to welcome all of you. Just that before we go on, I want to welcome you to becoming a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show ch uh, channel, which you can do. You go on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. You click on join. Become a member. You show some support for what I do here. You get emotes. And then you can come talk bad takes with us after the show. Once we're done uh, on the post stream. Uh, should be a lot of fun tonight. We're talking wrestling bad takes with the members only. Should be a good time. Calm down. Let's talk about uh, AEW Dynamite. Over still on Fridays. Now it's going to be on Saturday this week. Uh, not, uh, yeah. Yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's on Saturday this week. And then it's back on Wednesday. So next week, double dose of Dynamite reviews. And here's the thing. You know, you know if, if this is any indication, you know, with preempting Dynamite for real sports playoffs, like we've been experiencing having it on Fridays, on Saturdays, I think the move to TBS is the best thing for them. Because this is really annoying and I'm kind of sick of you know, of of the, the the time slot changes. So the TBS move, if only for that, is the best fucking thing that could happen to them. Let's dive right in. Jake Hager took on Wardlow, or at least Jake Hager defeated Wardlow in a cage match. I, I thought, I thought it was super awkward. And I... I didn't like it. And because for a bunch of reasons. Now, years ago, I I used to watch um I used to watch UFC uh quite a bit. Um I I I did used to watch uh I, I used to watch uh UFC quite a bit. Like we're talking back in the days when um Randy Couture was uh, was champion, you know, and Josh Barnett and, uh, you know, that crew. And you had Frank Mir and uh, when all those dudes were, were doing ultimate fighting back then, when it wasn't called MMA and everyone called it ultimate fighting. Um, so so there's certain things when I see a cage match getting set up and I'm like, OK, well, and we're doing the UFC things and I see Hager, who's an MMA trained who's trained in MMA, not MMA trained, but who is trained in MMA and has fought in MMA, when I see him do a double leg takedown on Wardlow, go for the mount, but then step away from the mount, I'm like, what am I watching? Because usually, then, the, when you're, when you're, when you have a mount, you just start pounding on the guy. You want to finish this match. Oh, but it's a combination of wrestling too, Warren. Yes, I, I understand. But if I'm watching this and, and and you're trying to sell me on the fact that Jake Hager is this MMA killer and he does a double leg takedown and he jumps on top of a guy to beat the shit out of him, but he jumps on top, but then he moves away. I'm like, this isn't it. This ain't it. I'm My suspension of disbelief is out the window. I can buy 
Wardlow letting his wrestling instincts kick in because he you know he he's a wrestler that's how he's trained so he's doing superman punches off the off the cage he's doing hurricane runners i'm okay with that that makes sense to me but hager not using his mma instincts nah man that that doesn't connect for me you know so my question is who was this for because it wasn't a good wrestling match and it wasn't a good mma match like i don't know who this was for and it kind of it i was like wow okay this is a weird way to start dynamite and it's a it is a misfire in the typical dynamite sense where usually dynamite starts with a with an incredibly dynamic match to begin yeah you thought you were i was gonna say dynamite but i know i said dynamic because i have vocabulary i read my i read the thesaurus before going to bed every night i read that and some cormac mccarthy so not only do i know synonyms for a bunch of words but i also uh i also develop an abject uh disgust for use of punctuation No, I, coming back to the match, honestly, this is the kind of match where I'm like, what does this, who does this, who was this for? Because I don't think it satisfies anyone. I don't think it's good for any, anyone. I, I It doesn't help get Jake Hager over for me. It doesn't. Doesn't help me with Wardlow either. I'm like, Wardlow's a chump to have done this match. Wardlow should have done it on his terms then. Because... Hager wasn't doing it on MMA terms if he's, again, doing takedowns and not following through. I don't know. I mean, the whole the whole shoot, the whole shoot wrestling thing, you know, like Josh Barnett's blood sports, I think it's a little played out. Because what's, what's the big, what's the big draw? What's the big thing? Like, outside, I think everyone was excited for Barnett versus Mox, and we got it. I, I, I don't think, like, the, the concept of the shoot, of the, of shoot pro wrestling, of the, or work shoots, what I'm trying to get at. I don't think it's, I don't think it's all that interesting anymore. I think there was a time it was, but I feel like it was very fleeting because I think the people who do it very well don't want to do it all that often, which is completely understandable. We had Ethan Page uh, taking on uh, Scorpio, uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky taking on Darby Allen. Um, I, you know, this was fine. This was all right. Um, Darby, it was a handicap match. You know, continuing to promote the idea that Darby is, um, that Darby is invincible. That's essentially what it is here. That's fine. Orange Cassidy versus Cesar Bononi. I like how the, how we got to this point in the feud, right? Where it's basically Peter Avalon who's pissed off because, Orange Cassidy is ghosting him. I think that's funny. This is a this was a fun match. This should have started dynamite. 
I think it was it it told a, a good story, didn't overstay its welcome, had a good combination of uh, it, it told a logical story, had a good combination of uh, of uh, wrestling and and some some comedy elements too in there. I think it this should have started the show. This really should have started the show. Orange gets flipped into the air by the best friends, like flip him up into the air for the highest Topican Hilo you can imagine. The best friends keep the wingmen, or as I like to call them, the geeks. Peter and the geeks. Keep them away from too much interference. Chucky e. T, Chris Statlander got involved in this one. Um... And an orange punch puts Benoni away. But Benoni got most of the offense in here. Uh, they didn't try to pass Orange Cassidy off as a guy who could stand toe-to-toe with Benoni. No, Benoni's a bigger guy, stronger. He beat the shit out of... Uh, he beat the shit out of Cassidy, which is fine. This was fun. It was a fun little diversion. It didn't overstay its welcome. I... I thought this was I thought this was very uh, this was fine for for what it was. We get segments with uh, Kenny and Jungle Boy, and then another one with Christian Cage and Matt Hardy too. You know, both of these segments were they, they were what they were, but they did nothing for me. I didn't think the Kenny stuff connected, and I still don't care for the Jeff Hardy Christian Cage feud. I really don't. I don't think it's I don't think it's I don't think the outcome is compelling. But you want to talk about compelling Cody and Brock Anderson versus QT Marshall and Aaron Solo was good stuff, pal. It was the big debut of Brock Anderson, who, of course, I don't know if you've heard by now. It's Aaron Anderson's kid. Uh, he is uh, he is nice and crisp with his fundamentals. You can tell that his dad is behind this kid's training because he's solid, man. He's really, really solid. You got to appreciate QT hitting that spine buster. That was it. I thought it was a nice, I thought it was a nice fuck you moment. I loved it. Uh, they even go, um, they even go for a good old fashioned, the ref didn't see the tag to keep Cody from getting the hot tag in this one. I, I thought, I thought this was fun. I thought this was good. Brock is no nonsense, and he's so much like his dad. It's absurd. It's really, really absurd. Like he's he's got he's even got like that stoicism to him and everything. Like he's, you know, when they were celebrating at the end, when they were when they won, you know, they raise raise his arms, and he, you know, his dad is there. Arn puts his arm up, and Brock has like this grin on, and. Yep, and <laughs> It just goes away off his face. Like he's not in it. He's not in it for, you know, he's not here for the nonsense. He's in for it here. And it's a, honestly, it's a breath of fresh air. I loved Cody picking the leg between uh, Aaron Solo's leg between his own and getting into the figure four. I thought that was cool. There was lots of great near falls and Brock getting the pin with a jackknife cover. That was neat. This is another match that could have opened the show. (laughs) <laughs> it could have opened the show and it would have got the people really, really excited. Um, and, uh, and oh, oh, would you look at that? Would you look at that? Cody Rhodes then sort of 
stays outside of the ring, hunched in a corner away from the spotlight, and he lets Brock get you know savor this moment, his first his first pro win. Huh, Cody Rhodes, that 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 guy who always puts himself over and you know the, never does anything to put other people over. Look, that's what he did. He he stepped out of the ring, hung out in the dark. They had the camera on him at some point. He was like, oh, hunched over. and Because you were like, where the fuck is Cody? Oh, Cody's over there. He's letting Brock live, live his thing. And I'm like, this is great. This is great. Like I, 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 like I ranted on a couple of weeks ago, I, I have issues with Cody Rhodes. But if there's one thing that I think he's being unfairly uh, judged on, shit upon, mind you, is uh is his uh this idea that he buries others and puts himself over all the time that's wild but on that note the factory's done qt's faction they're geeks they're they, look Camarota couldn't beat dustin uh, uh solo can't beat the new guy a gogo can't beat cody and QT, QT can beat Cody, but with shenanigans. So this is this. I, I got excited for the factory because I was like, look at what's going to happen here. You're going to have Cody who's going to put over these young guys, going to make them into threats. But they're not threats. They're nerds. They all are. And now we're getting some sort of big blow off to this feud next week a strap match i'm like why the fuck are we making this a strap match there's no there's no drama to this there's no intensity to this to this feud between cody and qt cody's won cody has won at this point he lost one match to qt because of outside interference cody has won this entire feud so i don't know what to me the factory is like we're, we're good. And it's a shame because I was excited about this. I was excited at the idea of QT and his bunch of hand-picked trainees, kind of like Cody does, you know, with, uh, you know, Lee Johnson and Red Velvet. And, you know, he has his favorites and QT has his favorites. And they're, I thought this was great. If anything, I was like, pit the young guys against each other. Let's see these dudes on Dynamite make it feel important you know it's like cody and qt the leaders sending out you know the coaches sending out the players i i thought there was a lot of potential to this but now i'm like i couldn't care i don't give a shit about this and i don't give a shit about the strap match it's just another just another opportunity for cody to blade this is how i'm looking at it Penelope Ford defeated Julia Hart too. Um, Julia Hart is not ready. She's not, she's, she's super green. She's not ready. But if they're going to, I think, she, bless her heart, she's perfect in the role that they have for her now. They're putting her on TV, getting people used to her. But I hope that they don't do the mistakes with their women that they were doing last year. Where they're putting, they're putting, uh, they're trying to push forward women who aren't ready to be on television. Julia Hart 
is not ready for a wrestling match. Just not for the prime time. Not not to run with the big uh, the big gals. That sounds a little weird. You know, you say the big guys, but the big gals, right? She she has a hell of a look. She's a girl next door type, and I'm sure. She, and I'm not saying she's untalented. I think she has something, but she has to develop. Thing is that if they're putting her in matches where you're going to have more established talent like Penny, right? Who is going to uh, who's going to end up um, where where she where she where she jobs to them? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But in the meantime, like undeniable, the trio that they have for the Varsity Blondes right now, you know, uh, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr. and Julia Hart, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I think it's a great it, it's a great act that they have on their hands. Younger, charming, you know, they all have the blonde hair. They, you know they're doing the varsity jacket stuff the whole nine yards like they're really leaning into it and i she's a cheerleader that's 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 her background too you know so she's transitioning into pro wrestling but you know just we're gonna call a spade a spade you put her on dynamite you're like okay this is prime time she's not ready for it but they put her in the role in this role here to take some uh take some l's to the established talent that's fine that's fine said it once i'll say it a million times put her in the ring on tv anyone her, him, in a ring with experienced wrestlers on TV. That's the best way to learn. I'm not hating it. But she's, you know, <laughs> she's no Frank Gotch. Hey, Jason PS3, welcome to the chat. Yeah, Yuka Sakazaki was announced that she's heading back on in, to North American Excursion. She's going to be on uh, AEW TV soon, so that's pretty cool. The main event for Dynamite was uh, Penta, Frankie Kazarian, Andy Kingston versus the Good Brothers and Matt Jackson. This was a pretty fun main event. Um, I think the standout here, the main takeaway from this match was is, uh, is Kazarian's fire. This elite feud has lit him up. The, the elite screwing his best friend's career is absolutely the best thing ever. I love the chaos in this match. You know what? I, this is my other takeaway here. The chaos that we had in this match, I think it was like a, a bit before the, the commercial break. You had guys fighting all over the floor and they were switching from cameras to, oh, this fight to that fight. It felt very ECW-ish. And I like that. Where you were like, there's stuff going over here, there's stuff going over there. And I don't think we missed any major spots. Maybe there was Matt Jackson flying off, um, flying off the stage onto, I think it was Frankie Kazarian. I think that's one that may have whiffed a bit that we didn't see. We basically saw Matt Jackson land, which was still pretty cool. But I know you know you want to get the guy flying in. That was still pretty, I like that. And if the AEW wants to do that a little more, I'm okay with it because it's it's not something WWE does. And if they try different things, I'm behind that. As long as they don't overdo it, like WWE kind of thing. 
Uh, Kingston is the babyface in peril for the majority of the match. Uh, when Kazarian gets the hot tag, he is on fire, setting everyone ablaze and ending with that great springboard leg drop. Um, we got a whole bunch of cool stuff here. Carl Anderson spine buster, which is something I never want to take in my life because I'll, I'll just spit out my spine. That's what's going to happen. If Carl Anderson hits a spine buster on me, my spine will fly out of my throat. Topicon Hilo by Penta. Uh, then we get the sequence of finishers here. We get a Fear Factor, a Backdrop Driver, and an Angel's Wing. Uh, all performed on Matt Jackson. The Angel's Wing, of course, is Christopher Daniels' finisher. There's Frankie Kazarian who did it. Um, so that was really good. And at some point, JR calls Carl Anderson a very good hand. And I'm like, hmm. JR likes to talk in code. He really does. And sometimes it's not code and he's very, very obvious. But I, it's like when he starts telling us, when he talks about Wardlow and he says, big man, big athletic men equal equals money. You're like, yes, JR, we know. We know Wardlow is your kind of guy. And then he tells us, he says, Carl Anderson's a good hand. I'm like, Ooh, what is he saying? Anyway, Nick's Jack, Nick Jackson sprays uh, Penta. Nick was not involved in the match, but he gets involved. Uh, and Anderson hits a top rope cutter for the win. I know a lot of people are annoyed with the with the fuck finishes when anything regarding the young bucks and and the elite but they're doing the bullet club gimmick guys that's exactly what they're doing and i understand why you're annoyed but that's exactly what they did in new japan that's exactly what bullet club would do in new japan that's exactly and and and, and in north america too that was uh that was the thing So, but I get it if you're annoyed. It's not great. I agree. Just before we wrap up here, Kazuna Road. That happened. Uh, we're we're still we're still uh, we're still going through the uh, New Japan Young Lions Gauntlet. We're running out of time, so I don't necessarily want to go into detail here, but I do want to point out. June 22nd, Wimura Umura uh, took on Taichi, didn't defeat him, excuse me. Taichi won. Um, and Suji faced Zack Saber Jr. So they basically swapped guys this week. Suji faced Taichi last week, and Taichi got all psychological on Suji and got really into his head. Wimura this week, he was like, nah, man, you're not going to have even time to stall. I'm just going straight for you. And he took it to Taichi. He lost. But you could tell, like, Wimura was like, no, Tsuji, I'm I'm not going to do like you did last week. I'm going after this guy. I'm not leaving him time to do nonsense. That's really cool. Tsuji versus Zack Sabre Jr. That was cool because Tsuji was ready with submissions on his own. There was a lot of grappling going on. Uh, there was this great spot where Zack Sabre Jr. figure fours the legs of, of Tsuji and then he puts his foot on the back of Tsuji's neck because he's flat on on the floor, on, on the mat, stomach down. And then he, he pulls back on the feet, 
the whole body over. So he's cranking the neck back and he lands him flat on his back. That could not have felt good. That was really, really cool. Uh, They were both fun matches, but the one I think want to point out, want to underscore the June 23rd Kizuna Road, um, uh, Wemura versus Kota Ibushi. This was very good. This was very good. Wemura hit a beautiful dropkick. Even Kevin Kelly popped when he saw that dropkick. It was pristine stuff. They laid into each other with strikes and and slaps. And Ibushi... Ibushi was trying out some new stuff. A reverse full Nelson. Kevin Kelly was still talking about the reverse full Nelson after the match. That's how stunned he was. Uh, And some sort of... He won the match with some sort of weird stretch muffler. Like, that was was weird. That That was something weird. But he won the match. It was a good one. They, 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 I'm, I'm really enjoying the young, the young lions gauntlet. I really, really am. I think it's, I think it's. There's a lot of, there's a, and like I've, I talked about last week, there's a lot of stories that can be carried on later on in these dudes' uh, careers down the line. Once, once they graduate, once they become like full roster members, and face these dudes later, there's a lot of good stuff here. Weekly wrestling inspection is done. If you want to continue talking about professional wrestling, become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show YouTube channel right now. I'm going to be firing up the post uh, stream in just a couple of minutes where we are going to be talking about bad wrestling takes. This should be a lot of fun. Hope you guys can join. Bring bad wrestling takes that you found on the internet. Come and chat with us. It's a good time. Just like tonight was a good time. I hope you guys had a good time and you gals had a good time and everyone in between had a good time. I know I did. And I hope we continue to have, uh, continue having good times together uh, uh, for a long time. In the meantime, I will sign out and I will see you live once again next Thursday right here on YouTube.com. Thank you very much for watching. Give the video a like. Uh, Subscribe to the channel if you're not. Subscribe on your podcast stuff. Just have a good time, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye.